Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. Yeah, here's the big one. And this one ticks me off so much to this day, uh, just because I've fell for it so hard. And and that is, we've heard guru after guru say, just find a good deal and the money will find you. And I'd like to know whoever came up with that in the first place. And I'd like to smack them upside the head. (laughs) You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now your host, Mike Simmons. Hey, thank you for joining me on Just Start Real Estate. I don't know if I've ever started the show with A before, but there you go. Just thank you for being here. I appreciate it. It's great to have you guys here, and I have a great show for you today. Uh, I have on the show Dave DeBow. Uh, he's a podcast host and creator of the Money Partner Formula. He and his team work with mom and pop real estate investors, providing done-for-you marketing services to help them raise capital. He's a best-selling author and speaker based in the beautiful British Columbia, Canada. He began his real estate investing career in 2003, doing 18 deals in 18 months. And nowadays, he invests passively in multifamily properties. But we talk a lot about raising money in the single family area too, right? Because I know a lot of you are trying to raise money for your deals and private money. That is exactly where it's at. And uh, Dave is an absolute expert and he gives some just killer, killer uh, tips for doing that. Not only what people are doing wrong and what you should avoid, but also what you can do right to actually raise hundreds, if not millions of dollars in the next few months. So this is a good one for you guys. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Dave DeBow. All right, Dave, thank you for being on Just Start Real Estate. I really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for being here. Big Mike, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Hey, I like being called Big Mike. That was nice. Nobody's ever called me that. I like it. I, I'm going to use that from now on. Um, nice. So again, you've been you've been in this game a long time. I've had the pleasure of being on your show, uh, and now you are here on mine. And and uh, I, I love that uh, because it always helps me when I uh, I love interviewing anybody. I love meeting people, but it's also fun to to get to interview someone that I've had some conversation with, and and we can get a little bit have some fun and get a little deep into some of these topics. And I know you just uh, launched a new podcast. Uh, the I podcast did. is called How. Cause, let me start again. The podcast is called How to Raise Capital One Hundred and One Show for Real Estate Investors, and that's awesome because here's what I've noticed. I started in 08, and in 08, people were talking about 
how do I raise money? It was a big, big topic. And now you fast forward to 2022, where we are now, and guess what? A big topic is, how do I raise money? People are always trying to do this, and it's always this challenge that people have, especially when they're starting off. And so I love, love, love the topic. And the great thing about it is it'll never be irrelevant. It's always going to be relevant. That's that's good to know, Mike, because then we got something to talk about because I love talking about that topic as well. So yeah, happy to do that. (laughs) I've raised a lot of money in my time, but I love talking to people who are really great at it like you because I always come away with some tip or something that I can actually start incorporating and doing. So I'm so excited about that. But let's give folks a bit of context, if you don't mind, uh, and just talk about your background a little bit and so they can kind of understand who they're listening to. Yeah. So Dave DeBow, I'm Canadian, as you'll pick up from my accent as we talk. I actually spent quite a bit of time overseas, Mike. I lived in beautiful San Jose, Costa Rica for a decade. Hmm. And actually, that's where I first kind of got started with real estate investing, doing a couple of, I guess, what we call pre-foreclosure deals down there way back in the day. Then I moved my long-suffering, poor little Costa Rican family to Canada in 2003. And people always go, Tropical paradise, frozen hinterland of Canada. Right. What's going on? It was a lifestyle choice, actually, Mike, and and it was a better place to raise our kids. Mm. Even though I love Costa Rica very much, but it was a safety kind of thing. So I had to figure out what I was going to do. I hadn't been able to sell my business in Costa Rica, so didn't have a heck of a lot of capital. Had zero credit because I've been out of the country so long. Had mm. zero job opportunities because I've been self-employed so long. So there I was. What the heck am I going to do? And I saw one of those infamous late night infomercials, sounded a couple, something like this. You too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. I said, perfect. That's what I got. Sent away for the yeah. course. And it was all about quick turn, low money, no money type deals. So I, I did that. I did 18 deals in my first 18 months of business. I got pretty good at the whole, what we were talking about when I interviewed you, on attracting motivated sellers mm-hmm. uh, in this in the area that I was working in, fairly small market. And that's how I got started in real estate. But that didn't really require much capital. So it was about uh, eight years later where I was doing a different strategy that actually involved coming up with down payments, where I uh, realized that I really sucked at raising capital, Mike. <laughs> and I, I flopped and I failed miserably and decided that was a not a fun experience. So I thought I better figure this thing out. And that's what I did. And I came up with now what I call my money partner formula. It's worked really well for me and for hundreds of other people as well. So what year did you start raising money? What was that? Oh, that was around give or take 2010, 2011. Okay. And yeah. What, who was the first, do you remember the first person you were able to raise money from where you were like, holy cow, this is something like what, what turned the light bulb on for you? Uh, complete failure. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like Crash, failure for inspiration. Crashing, yeah. Crashing and burning is what turned the light on for me, my friend. So I, you name it, I pretty much made all the mistakes in the book. And then when I did get that first investor on board. It was someone who was pretty close to me, Mm. which is what I always recommend to everybody is start with your friends and your family first. But there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. Unfortunately, I did it the wrong way to get started with. But uh, that is the fastest, safest, most logical place to start when it comes to bringing on joint venture partners or investor capital. So got it. Start with those that you know. Okay. So let's let's dive into those a bit. The the mistakes. Yeah. What so everyone, you know, knows 
that raising money is fantastic. But my guess is uh, that you have been been teaching this for a while. You've seen a lot of mistakes, and and there's mm-hmm. three of them that you talk about that are the biggest mistakes, and people probably intuitively make them or or just don't know any better, right? It's just ignorance. But what yeah. are some of those mistakes that we can? And by the way. When we talk about the three like common mistakes that people make raising money, uh, by avoiding these, you're really shortcutting your learning curve, and so that's why it's very. You you joked about crashing and burning, but honestly, uh, crashing and burning is a great lesson. It's a great way to learn, but also hearing about people's crashes and burns allows you to not have to crash and burn. Right? It's like yeah. it's like crossing a bit of a minefield, but you have a map of where the mines are are at. Right? So you don't have to step on them. So let's let's give people a map. Where those minds are exactly so smart people learn from their own mistakes wise people learn from the mistakes of others <laughs> i love that i love right? that so be wise yeah here's the big one and this one ticks me off so much to this day uh just because i fell for it so hard and and that is we've heard guru after guru say just find a good deal and the money will find you and i'd like to know whoever came up with that in the first place and i'd like to smack them upside the head <laughs> because yeah, that's true. If you're a guru and if you've got thousands of followers, you got a platform, then yeah. yeah, it's pretty simple to do that. If you're a regular human being, what I call a mom and pop real estate investor, then no, that's the worst advice you could ever give anybody. So that's the first big mistake. And that's what I made as well was uh, when I first crashed and burned trying to raise capital, I had self-financed my first couple of deals that required down payments. And like everybody, ran out of cash, ran out of credit, and then that's when the perfect deal landed in my lap, and I got it under contract, and then it was like, okay, now what do I do? I've got the deal. I even crunched all the numbers, and I, I figured out how this is going to be an awesome deal for my investor partner and my joint venture partner. Yep. question was, how do I get them, right? How do I get somebody on board? Because mm. now I'm under a time crunch. I've got two weeks to remove subjects for financing on this property. That means... Not only do I have to find an investor, I need to find them lickety-splickety, right? Mm. So that is the worst position that you can be in. So when it comes to the chicken and the egg, which comes first, getting your investor lined up or getting the deal lined up, I'm going to recommend get your money lined up first and then go looking for deals or at the very least do both at the same time. But don't wait until you've got a deal on the go to scramble to try to raise capital. Because here's the challenge, Mike. At least this is what happened to me. Because I was under such a time crunch, I was desperate. Mm. Literally and figuratively. And that, as cool as I was trying to be, that desperation just kind of oozes out of you. And you get kind of what in sales they call commission breath. Have you ever heard that term? No, I haven't, but I love it. Yeah, well, you know, you've been you've been with salespeople yeah, where yeah, yeah. you just know they gotta sell you something. You know they yeah. gotta sell you something today or they aren't gonna eat kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And that just kind of oozes from them. So unfortunately, when you're in that circumstance, that's how you're coming across. It doesn't really matter how yeah. good the deal is, you're just gonna be so needy and creepy, it's gonna repel people. Yep. At least that was my experience. All right. So that's big mistake number one, which is just find a good deal and the money will find you. Baloney, you know, just like Confucius said, and I think somebody wrote a book about it, dig your well before you're thirsty, right? That's, get, get your investors lined well, up let, first. Let me, so, let me stop you though real quick before going yeah. to the next one. 
here, so let me just play devil's advocate because I agree with you, but let me just, I'll tell you what I hear. People say, I'm trying to raise money. I'm talking to potential investors. Could be my uncle, could be the neighbor, could be somebody I, I don't know as well. And inevitably they say, well, what do you have going on right now? What can I look at? Right. And so how do you deal with that when people feel like, well, I need to be able to show them the deal that that they would be investing in, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get into this two week time, you know, where I'm I'm desperate. Right. Good question, Mike. Here's what you do. You show them the kind of deal yeah. you're going to be looking for. So ideally, when we're working with our clients, <clears throat> we pull out one of their deals from their portfolio and we use that as a case study, as an example. Okay. Right. And then we point to this. So let's say you are my prospective investor. You say, Mike, here's what we've done. Here's what we do. Here's what we're doing every single day. This is the kind of deal. Here's what's in it for you. Here's what's required. Yeah. And would you like to have first dibs on the next one? Yeah. That's basically in a nutshell how that works. Okay, great. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Now, the second big mistake I see people making all the time is they're desperate and they figure anybody with a pulse and a checkbook could make a good potential investor, right? I'm sure you see this all the time as well, Mike. You see people spraying and praying all over social media. <laughs> they're just, they're yeah. getting it out. They're, they're just trying everything. And here's the big problem with that. Number one, you know, if you're trying to go after strangers as investors, which I have done, okay, big mistake. It's a challenge, right? Because if you're trying to get somebody to invest 50, 75, $100,000 with you, that person needs to know you, mm-hmm. they need to like you, and they need to trust you with their money. If you're going after strangers, they don't know you, they don't like you, and they certainly don't trust you with their 50 grand or 100 grand. Yep. You're starting from scratch, right? So it's completely illogical. Second big challenge is legalities. Now, I'm going to mm. cover my butt here, Mike, and I'm going to say, hey, I'm a real estate guy and a marketer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a security specialist. I'm just sharing my understanding. Sure. It's illegal for you and I as mom and pop real estate investors to raise capital from the general public unless we're licensed to do so or unless we get set up with some pretty expensive entities or exemptions, right? Same Mm -hmm. up here in Canada, same with you in the States. States, you got the Securities and Exchange Commission. We got our own version up here. Bottom line is we're not, it's illegal for us and you can get into some big, big, big trouble. Yes. uh, And I don't want any of your listeners starting to wear orange. So (laughs) (laughs) no. thinking anybody, strangers could be potential investors, big mistake. What you want to do instead is you want to focus on people that you already have a pre-existing relationship with. We help our clients to leverage their existing network, to to get the low-hanging fruit, to squeeze all the juice out of the contacts that they already have. And typically, you know, if you do it right, eventually over time, you can access, our clients are usually accessing between 1.5 1.5 to $2 million in capital fairly simply from their existing network first, right? Before you even think about going outside of that. Nice. Does that make sense, Mike? Yeah, it makes total sense. Can I ask you a question though? Uh, yeah. This is a little bit off of off the path here that we're on. You mentioned my audience, you don't want them to wear orange. Is that the same color you wear in Canada when you're in jail? Is it also an orange jumpsuit or is it different? I'm happy to say I don't know. I haven't been to jail. <laughs> well, I haven't either, but it's in the movies, right? I don't know if it's that's like... All I'm, that's all I've referred to. Okay. Like, I don't all know. Right. I, I don't, I don't know even know if we wear orange, frankly, but it, it it appears that way on TV and on the movies. But it, yeah, it I've does. not been there myself. I've heard about one place, I think it's in Georgia, where they put them in pink to make it absolutely humiliating to go to jail. So. That's so funny. Okay, sorry. We got off. I, I tend to have, I, I see cat, I'm like a cat. I just see things flare uh, up. No problem. No uh, okay, problem. Number, we're on number three now. 
Number three. That's right. I already forgot where we're at. So there we go. So that's that's a big challenge. And then here's the third big mistake that most people make, myself included. And that is they rush in like the proverbial bull in a china shop saying, hey, it's Dave. I've got a deal. Have you got the dough? Mm. So Mike, when I was first trying to raise capital, I remember I had this amazing deal. I had that two-week time frame to close on it. I tried a whole bunch of different stuff, tried cold calling. That didn't work for the darn for me. Networking and schmoozing, that didn't work for me. Makes sense because they're strangers, right? Yep. And then the other thing I tried was I put together a list of a couple of hundred people, and then I put together a one-page PDF overview of the deal, and I thought to myself delusionally, hey, if enough people see this, it's going to sell itself. It's such an awesome deal. Yeah. And I sent that out to all 200 people on my list, and I can remember it was Wednesday night. I had to remove subjects on Friday, so I, I was running out of time. Yeesh. And Thursday morning, I got up, and I saw a bunch of responses in my inbox. I thought, thank you, Lord Jesus. I finally got some capital to do this deal. Yeah. Until I started reading the responses, they pretty much all said, hey, Dave, haven't heard from you forever, dude. And here you are hitting me up for money for a deal. <laughs> Screw off, right? And it's quite a bit ruder than that. Yeah. Like one guy had not heard from me in 18 years, 18 years. And this is the first thing that showed up in his inbox was me hitting him up for cash for a deal. <laughs> not cool. Charming. That's that's when I that deal crashed and burned. And I live in a fairly small town, man. I know you're in a big center. I'm in a small city. So, I mean, I had some major egg on my face. I ticked off my realtor, the seller's realtor, the seller. I had a tenant lined up for this place who'd given notice where they were renting. They were obviously ticked off, mortgage broker, everybody Yeah. in, in this small town. And uh, that's when I said, hey, this really sucks. I don't want to do this again. I got to figure out a better way, which I did, thank goodness, worked really nicely for me. But those were the big mistakes I made. And then the big mistakes I see people making over and over and over again uh, when there is just a much better way to do it. Yeah, good. So that's a huge, huge tease. Uh, there is a better way to do it, but that's all we have for today, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't leave you guys hanging like that. I won't do that to you. So let's talk about what what's the right way to go about this. What what can we do to get people to pay attention to us and our deals and to write checks? Yeah, good question. So, Mike, there's there's a few things. Eh? We've we've got a. We got to be a little bit more strategic about things. So don't, first of all, don't wait until you're desperately needing the capital to yep. start the whole process. So what we do with our clients is, you know, some of what I did was smart. Most of what I did was really dumb, but the, the coming up with the list of a couple hundred people that I already had a connection with, that was smart. Now, just blasting my deal out to them, that was dumb. Here's what we do instead. So we come up with that list of potential investors, people that we have a connection with. I call this our dream 200 list of potential investors. But instead of just charging in with trying to get money out of them right off the get-go, let's be a little classier about it. So let's reconnect with these people on a personal level first before we start talking business. So we call this our warm-up campaign. We do this with our clients. And it's very, very simple. We send out three emails over about a a week-long period of time. So let's say you're doing this First email could go out Monday, then the second one on Wednesday, third one on Friday, drip, drip, drip. And the whole goal of this little campaign is to reconnect, catch up with people, get some back and forth going, and set the stage, prime the pump for what's going to be coming down the pipeline with our regular marketing after that. Does that make sense, Mike? It does make sense. I have a tactical a tactical question for you, though. Sure, go for it. 
are so you've got 200 people your dream 200 yeah. are you sending out an email and blind copying 200 people or are you sending out 200 individual emails i know it's sort of like in the weeds but i'm just curious how you do that well here's what we do we set this up in a crm system hmm. uh, client relationship management customer relationship management whatever yep. you want to call it and then that way we can send out an automated email hmm. that is personalized so that the one I send to you says, dear Mike, the one I say to send to Jane says, yeah. dear Jane, yeah. right? Yeah. But you just create it once, the system personalizes for everybody. Good. And then you press the button, it goes out to all 200 people all at the same time. Perfect. And you can set this up ahead of time. So it goes out in a sequence, but yeah. very, very good question. Here's the key though. The key is even though we're using technology and we're automating the sending out of the messages, what we are not automating is the answering of the message. Yeah. So in all these messages, I'm going to be encouraging you to reply back to me, right? So I'm going to be saying, hey, Mike, first message be just like a regular email. Hey, Mike, it's Dave. Chances are it's been a while since we connected. Just want to reach out, say hi, see how you're doing, let you know what I've been up to, find out what you've been up to. So here's what me and the family have been doing for the last, you know, and then I assume people haven't heard from me for three or four or five years. Do a quick little synopsis. Personal, personal what you've been up to? Completely personal. Yeah, okay. Here's That's really important. That's a good good point. So I'm not trying to NLP people into <laughs> real estate at this point. It is legitimately like I'm writing a letter to an old friend, yeah. right? It's yep. that kind of feel. It's not super formal. It's very informal. Send that out. And then always have a call to action. Hey, so that's what I've been up to, Mike. How about you? How are you doing? Please hit reply to this email. I'd love to catch up. Hmm. Send that out to all 200 people. And people always freak out. Well, Jave, how am I going to answer 200 emails? You Trust don't. me. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're doing real well if 20 to 30 of them yeah. answer you back. That's completely manageable. You don't have, you've already written a big long thing. You just have to have a little bit of back and forth. Yep. And here's the cool thing there is capital in those reconnections. And now what we're doing is we're priming the pump, we're setting the stage for the marketing that comes down the pipeline. Does yep. that make sense, Mike? Totally. We call that the warm-up campaign. Love it. Yeah. Good. Perfect. All right. So what else can we do? So we got the, we, we've primed the pump. By the way, you said three emails. The first one's just very personal. Yeah. Um, what second, is the second, second one, one look like? Okay, perfect. Well, let's, let's, I'm happy to share this with you. So the second one is the same idea, but we, we got a little twist on it. So instead of just sending a plain text email like the first one, we actually create a video hmm. and we send an email there. They click on the image and it takes them to YouTube where they watch a video where we're basically talking about the same kind of thing. But now instead of just reading it, now they see you, they hear hmm. you, they experience you. It's the next best thing to being with the person face to face. And we can do this in an automated fashion. So hmm. you just create one video that goes out to everybody you know, something like this. Hey, it's Dave again. I thought I'd try something different. Send you a video. Uh, just let you know what I've been up to. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm not reading the same thing that I sent them, but I'm talking about it. Yep. And then, you know, if you got kids, you might have some fun. You bring the kids into the video, that kind of thing. Just have fun with yeah, it. Got it. And send that out. That's going to get you a whole bunch more response. A lot of the people that didn't respond to the first one, they're going to respond to the second one. Yep. So that, that would be the one going out, for example, on Wednesday. Then on Friday, I recommend we do another little video. Now, it might be because I'm so darn good-looking, handsome, and Brad Pitt-like yeah, and modest as well. 
Maybe that's why I like video. If for those Thanks of you who aren't watching this, uh, <laughs> he looks exactly like Brad Pitt. It's uncanny. On so. a very bad Brad on a very very bad day. <laughs> Just joking. But anyhow, send out a short little video. I call this the transition message, and this one's the magic mic. Magic mic. Magic mic. Big mic. Magic. Mic. I don't know. <laughs> I remember that movie. There you go. <laughs> Again, I don't look like Channing Tatum or whatever. I don't, I'm not. I'm or whoever Magic Mike yeah, was. Exactly. Yeah. So the third message is the transition message. And that one is to give people the heads up about a couple of things. Well, actually, do you want me to do a demo of this, Mike? Yeah. Would that be helpful That'd for be you? great. All right. So if I were doing a transition message, it'd go something like this. Hey, it's Dave again. It's been really good reconnecting with you all over the last week or so. Just want to let you know that I plan on doing a much better job of staying in touch and letting you know what I'm up to with real estate. Real estate something I'm very excited about, very passionate about, doing really well with it. In fact, I think real estate's the best way for everyday folks like you and like myself to get an above average return on our money backed by something solid and tangible, a real piece of property. And hey, who knows? Maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. But you know what? If you're really not into, re into real estate investing, you're not interested in that, that's okay too. You can always click unsubscribe at the bottom of any of my emails. You'll be taken off my list immediately. My feelings might be hurt for a little while, but eventually I'll get over it. Now, in the meantime, if you haven't had a chance to get back to me, let me know how you're doing. Please, please, please hit reply to this email. Let me know how you're doing. I'd love to catch up. Take care nice. and talk to you soon. Nice. Send that sucker up. All right. So that short little about a one minute message accomplishes a lot of stuff. So it lets them know that we're planning on staying in touch with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Gives gives them the, the warning. We're going to we're going to keep emailing them. It lets them know that we're going to switch the conversation from just warm and fuzzy and personal to real estate. Let's them know that we're active, we're excited, we're doing well with real estate. Gives them a hint that, hey, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Who knows? Maybe sometime in the future you might want to partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. Okay. Gives them the option to opt out. If you're not interested, click on subscribe and encourages them to get back to us if they haven't responded yet. So that kind of between those three messages, now we have set the stage and we have primed the pump for the marketing that's going to be coming after this. Does that make it. sense, Mike? Yep, total sense. Love it. So you're a marketer. When we, It's always interesting when I do a workshop or something like that, and I ask people, okay, if we tell people to opt out, if we've got 200 people on our list, how many folks do you think will opt out when we tell them to? Very few. Uh, very few. I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I, it has to be in the single digits. Very small. Exactly. Now you're one of the very few people that guessed that, and you didn't guess that because you, you're you're a marketer. You're right. Most people say, "Well, Dave, if you tell them to opt out, <laughs> you're going to get 50, 70, 80 percent of people opting out." No, that's not typically what happens. Mm -mm. Typically, when we do this with with clients, and we've done this hundreds of times. People get between four and six opt outs. Yep. Not percent. Four and six opt outs. Yep. And everybody's blown away. Why is that? couple of reasons. Number one, it's the group we're going out to. These aren't strange. If these were complete strangers, yeah, you would, you'd have 80, 90% opting out for sure. They aren't strangers. These are people that are already in your network. These are mm. friends, family members, co-workers, business associates, people you know from church, civic organization, whatever. You know them, they know you. So yep. that's the number one reason. Number two reason is we kind of 
uh, we, we create a little bit of curiosity and kick in the greed gland. And who knows, maybe sometime in the future, you might want to partner with me and share in the profits. Yep. Okay. And the third reason is guilt. <laughs> so you yeah. notice I, I slipped in there. Hey, you can click on subscribe anytime. You'll be off to off my list immediately. My feelings will be hurt for a little while, but eventually I'll get over it. All right. I say that with a smile, tongue in cheek. But again, it's a little bit of a, a niggle. People yeah. don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Does that make sense, Mike? Total sense. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love it. And plus, there's another factor that I found in mar- in marketing, maybe not specifically we were talking about, but when you ask anyone to do anything people just don't aren't there it's just it's something else to do right and so they they just won't right they just won't i've got my inbox is full of stuff that i should unsubscribe but i don't i just don't take the effort to do it so they'll be there <laughs> yeah laziness yeah i can add that bit, one as well a little bit yeah so that's 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 one of the big things is let's get things started on the right foot another big thing to keep in mind is kiss not the band but the acronym, keep it super simple. Keep it super simple. Because here's a challenge I see a lot of us real estate nerds making with our marketing is we assume everybody else is into real estate when they really are not. Yeah. So we start throwing around jargon like ROI, NOI, IRRs, cap <laughs> rates, all this kind of stuff that quite frankly, Quite a few real estate investors don't even really know what that means. And most normal human beings have no idea. Yep. And when you start, you got to remember the people on our list are normal human beings. They're, they're not real estate nerds like us. Yep. So we got to keep it super simple. They want to know that we know our stuff, but they really just want to get the gist of it. Yeah. So keep it at a what I call a Reader's Digest level, which for those folks that can't remember Reader's Digest, was a magazine written for grownups. However, it was written at a 13-year-old comprehension level, reading level. Yeah. So it was very, very simple for people to consume. That's the idea. Not that our, our potential investors are dumb. It's just we want to make it easy for them to understand yeah. what we're talking about. So always keep it super simple and then consistent. Uh, I call marketing, the kind of marketing we do, constant, consistent, edutaining communication. I love that, edutaining. I wish I came up with that, Mike. I really do. I didn't, but I swiped it off of somebody who I do, don't remember who it was, but anyhow. I love it. <laughs> edutaining, a little bit educational, and hopefully a little bit entertaining. Yeah. So people actually like getting your stuff, and every once in a while when they actually read it or they consume it, they they enjoy it, right? Or yeah. at least they don't mind getting it. So that's that's the thing. But the consistency very is very important. So we were talking when I interviewed you on my podcast about the importance of consistency when you're trying to generate leads for deals. It's the same thing when we're trying to generate leads for investors, right? You've got to be constant. You've got to be consistent. Constant means, for me anyhow, that you're coming out, I'd recommend at least once a week. Drip, drip, drip. Something's coming out. It's only emails we're talking about here. Every single week, they're getting a little bit of edutaining communication from you. And then, so that's the constant. Consistent means we're always talking about the same kind of things. Not repeating the same thing. But for example, if you're primarily focused on doing, I don't know, let's say the Burr strategy with single family homes, whether mm-hmm. you're buying a house and putting a suite into it, and you're doing that in one particular market, and every once in a while you do flips or wholesale deals or something like that, talk about the Burrs and that one market that you focus on primarily. That's all you talk about in your marketing because you yeah. want to be known as a specialist 
not as a generalist. And yeah. and you don't want to confuse people with too many variables, right? So you want people to know, well, that Mike, that Mike, he's he's the burr guy. He's, you know, and he focuses on this market. So you really want to keep that messaging consistent. Does love that make it. sense, Mike? Total sense. Love it. Yeah, love it, man. love it, love it. Well, listen, we could talk about this all day. I love the raising money uh, topic. And again, we met, let's mention again that you have the podcast that just came out called How to Raise Capital 101 Show. You're clearly an expert in that area. And like I said, raising money is it's one of it falls into one of two categories for investors. Either they're doing it but they're not doing it well and they need help to to get better or they're not doing it and they should be doing it. Like literally there's no other camp in my opinion. So don't tell me you don't need it. Everybody needs it. Certainly to scale, you need it. There's other ways to get money other than private money, but uh, I, I think private money is absolutely king. That is the end game, right? Everything else is stopgap. Everything else is in a, in, a, in a pinch, in an emergency, but raising money like like you're talking about that's where it's at for real serious investors. So you're an expert in that. And I think people should tune in and check it out and get all their questions answered by you. And, uh, and I, and I just, it's been awesome talking to you. It's great being on your show. And I just couldn't, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Well, thanks very much, Mike. And I want to invite your, your listeners, your followers. Yeah. Check out the new podcast. Again, it's called the how to raise capital One Hundred and One show, wherever you like listening to podcasts. And the first nine episodes are like a little mini course on my money partner formula, which is to help you go from zero to raising your first six figures in a matter of weeks and seven figures in a matter of months. And again, uh, you can check that out or check out the website, raisecapital101show.com. That's great. All right. Well, listen, it, like I said, it's been a blast, super educational for me. And I could not, I can't express how much I appreciate your time. Time is all we have, right? And uh, you giving me some of it and giving my listeners some of it is uh, special. So thank you. And uh, I wish you nothing but luck, man. Likewise. Thank you very much, Big Mike. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Raising money is definitely something you should be paying attention to. I tell real estate investors all the time, there's a couple of activities as a as an owner of a real estate company that you should always be doing. There's, there's only a couple of things that you can never really take your eye off of and you should be paying attention to. And for a lot of us, it's driving leads into our business and raising money. Those are the two activities that a lot of real estate investors should be focusing their time on and not all the other details that can be hired out or you can be dele- you know you can delegate them, automate them, eliminate them, all that. Raising money is a constant in real estate and if you're not doing it or if you're not doing it well, you need to seek help. So, hopefully this was a good episode for you. I enjoyed it, I know, but uh, get out there and start raising money, guys. Now is the time. The stock market's volatile. Crypto at this current time that I'm recording this is just in the tank. So, now's the time to get out there and uh, get some of that capital for your business and by the way, help your investors because it is an absolute opportunity for them to invest in something stable and uh, something tangible. So get out there and make it happen. We'll see you next time.